Yes, others will be moved. Yes, people will criticize. Yes, people will attack. Yes, hard days will come. Yes, problems will arise. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. Uh, it's going to be a fun day. We'll have bounce houses. We have games and food. It's just going to be a really fun day. That begins Wildlife Week. So July 12th, we do a cleanup day. July 13th, I got to remember all these, is The Amazing Race. July 14th, we're doing a drive for Out of Darkness. And so um, that is a place where women who are trafficked are able to go and escape traffickers and, and have a safe place to hide. So we're giving them food, we're giving them water, we're giving them hygiene products. All the list and all the sign-up sheets are at the front desk. And so if you're interested in any of those, please let us know. Please sign up. On July 15th, we will be going to Detroit. There's a mission trip there. July 16th, we will be doing a drive-in movie for kids here. So families, parents, you can either stay with your kids or you can go on a date. It's up to you. July 17th is a worship night. I am looking forward to that. We're inviting all kinds of people, and we're just going to worship all together. We're going to take communion in the middle of it and just spend the evening worshiping. July 18th, you already saw, is Baptism and Dedication Day. So please sign up for any of those. All right, Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, uh, verse 54. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and I see the Son of Man standing, key word in this sermon, standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This is one of the most amazing passages in all the Bible. It's a passage that, um, it, it's, it's a, a sad story. It's a story of the first martyr, this man named Stephen, who is the first Christian to die for his faith. He's the first Christian of many. And we know that um, across the world right now, there are martyrs all over. We uh, went to a conference this week and there was missionaries who stood up and there was some of them who had to stand behind a screen so you couldn't see who they were and then they had to change their voice so you couldn't even hear their voice because they were going to countries where if they get caught, they get killed. And uh, I was just crying through the whole thing, just crying because I'm like, these people are heroes taking the gospel to places where it's just not welcome. And Stephen is the first of many people who throughout history and even today are killed because they claim the name of Jesus Christ. And Stephen does this thing in this passage where he sees Jesus. 
And we finished last week's sermon by saying, our goal as a church, church in the wild, we want you to see Jesus. That is our hope, that is our prayer, that is our vision, that is why we do what we do. We want you to have a glimpse of Christ, even if it's just a small amount of time in a week full of self and and chaos and confusion and culture. We want you to see Christ for just a short moment, and we want the Holy Spirit to indwell you, and we want him to fall fresh on you, and we want to worship Christ and gather together and see him for who he is and i believe that as part two of this sermon when we see christ for who he is people are going to be moved but number one you will be moved i believe that if you see christ for who he truly is you will be moved stephen sees christ and the bible says he fell onto his knees The automatic outcome of seeing Jesus for who he is, is worship. You say, I don't do that. That's not my personality. The Holy Spirit is stronger than your personality flaws. He's stronger than that. We often use our weaknesses as well. I I don't do that for God, but the Holy Spirit's greater than those things. I was talking to some people today. I was talking to uh, Caitlin, and uh, I said, I'm trying this sermon by memory to make my brain start to remember things. So I just have no notes. I'm just trying to remember it because my, my memory needs to improve. And she said, well, don't you get nervous? I said, no, I don't get nervous in front of people, but put me in a room with one person, and I'm terrified. Like, what do you want to talk about? Uh, (laughs) Like, I just get so scared. I was like, dating was very uncomfortable for everyone when I was like, I am Jason. What do you do? (laughs) Like, it's just so awkward. I get so nervous around one person, but speaking in front of people is natural. But listen, God overcame that fortunately and gave me my wife or else she just put up with me being awkward. One of the two. He can overcome these things. I believe that we don't worship like we should because we don't see him like we should. Sometimes it takes four, five, six, seven songs for us to begin to, oh man, yeah, God is good. You're right. Sometimes it takes a whole sermon. We listened to, I think, eight sermons in a row this week, and there was like two songs in between each sermon. And about halfway through, I was like, man, God is good. And sometimes it just takes a long time to get there. But I believe that if you see God for who he is and you catch a glimpse of him, something within you will move to service, to action, to worship, to prayer, to humility. Something within you will move. He falls to his knees. I think sometimes we don't serve God because we don't see God. Well, I'm just going to pick a church because I like, you know, they got something on the ceiling I like. Okay, good, but, but do you see God? Well, I'm just going to pick a small group because they happen to do pizza. Okay, but do you see God? I'm just going to pick a person to date because, well, they're, they're this. Okay, but do you see God in that relationship? When you catch a glimpse of God, something within you moves. Something within you is is called to action, whether I've got to tell people about him or I've got to just fall to my knees and say, well, 
you're so good. Or maybe it's, you know what, I'm going to worship, but something within you moves. Whether it's, you know what, uh, we had some, some people, they came two weeks and uh, they're, they're coming back next week. And at the end of their second week, the, the end of the sermon, they said, I don't really know why this happened. But as you were preaching, we decided to join the setup team. And I was like, praise God. <laughs> it's hot in the summer. And I gotta, yeah, it's hot. You know what that was? That was them seeing God and the Holy Spirit moving them. That is not me saying anything. I am incapable of uttering a saying that will make someone do something. It is them catching a glimpse of God. And the Holy Spirit says to them, you know what you ought to do? You ought to come in here and set up curtains and sweat on Sunday morning. And they were like, oh, okay. The automatic outcome of glimpsing Jesus is humility. It's some type of movement. But number two, the one that's not as fun in this passage, others are moved. Others are moved. I got to point out, they're probably not moved the way we want them to be moved. I don't think Stephen's goal in seeing Jesus and falling to his knees was to have rocks thrown at his head until he died. I doubt that was the plan for him. They don't always move the way you want them to move. They don't always move when you want them to move. But do something for God and people are moved. One way or the other, it's going to happen. These people are moved to rush at him and to kill him. Now, if I'm writing the story, if I'm writing Acts chapter 7, Stephen falls to his knees. He says, I see the Son of Man standing on the right hand of the throne of God. And the people are like, you do? Oh, my bad. And they put the rocks down, and they all hold hands, and they sing that song about no one can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood, and everyone's saved. That's how I write it. That's not how it always goes. In fact, for some of you, you said, hey, I'm going to be a part of a church plant. We're going to be all about Jesus. And you thought people would love you for it because they've been telling you, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then the moment you started trying to serve God because you caught a glimpse of him, they stopped loving you suddenly. And instead of compliments and kind words, you thought, man, these people will love that I'm doing this. Instead, they criticize you and attack you and tear you down. How dare, oh, who do you think you are? How dare you? What, who do you think? What's going on? The church in the wild? The guy wears a crew jersey? What's happening? <laughs> you catch Jesus, you glimpse him, and you're moved, and other people will be moved as well, but it might not be the way you want them to be moved. You put on your hinge, Christian, you think people are going to swipe one way and instead they just pass by every time. It might not be the way you want them to be moved. I ain't dating that Christian boy. <laughs> right? Like that's, that might be what happens. They also might not be moved quite when you think they will be moved. Did you, did you catch in here? Look at this verse. They cast him out of the city and stoned him. So the people are moved. But look at the end. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now, if you don't know who this guy is, Saul then decides to persecute the church. Saul goes on and makes it his personal vendetta based off of this death to destroy and wipe out the church. In fact, he's so efficient at it that the church has to spread out throughout all the Roman Empire. 
And what Saul would do is Saul would go to a brand new city and say, hey, I'm a believer. Are there any believers here? And the believers would say yes. And he'd say, let's have a Bible study. They would gather at a house and the soldiers would come in and take him away and kill all of them. That's what this guy did. But this guy also becomes the apostle Paul who preaches the gospel to almost more people in history. He literally changes the world and half of the New Testament is written about this man. Stephen did not know this would happen when he saw the man. They're throwing their coats at his feet to pick up rocks and stone him. And sometimes people won't be moved quite when you think they will be moved. It took a long time for Saul to become Paul. And sometimes God's working within people, but he does it as his speed and his pace and it's really easy to get frustrated, but they're being moved. That person who you pray for is being moved. Uh, we have a lady in my dad's church who was practically a grandma to me. She married a man. He was not a believer. He made fun of her for being a believer until the day she died. They were married over 50 years. After she died. He then started driving to my dad's church and parking outside because he missed her so much that he would park in the parking lot just to think of the fact that she was there. And one Sunday, when the sermon was all done, he walked into my dad's church and said, hey, that thing my wife's been praying for me about that you guys have asked, I did that today in the car. They're not always moved when you want them to be moved. We were, we were talking to this about Fourth Friday. We did Fourth Friday for like, a, like months on end. And we had a cotton candy machine. And we didn't have a lid for it because I didn't know any better. So we were giving out free cotton candy, but most of it was just floating around the city of Westerville. <laughs> there, was a, there was a group of people who were giving massages across from us. And we could literally watch the, the cotton candy just float towards them. And land on the people getting the massages. They're like, this is so gross. <laughs> it was like 110 degrees. I mean, it was hot, cotton candy everywhere. I would go home from that and be like, man, ain't nobody coming to church from this. What are we doing? <laughs> Did you know for two years no one showed up from Fourth Friday? And in the middle of a pandemic, Nick and Jessica, Stacy walked into church and said, yeah, we met you at Fourth Friday and we joined your church because of that. They're not always moved when you want them to be moved. Bryce and Rosie, who are very sadly moving to L.A., came because of a 4th of July parade. Can I just tell you what that parade was like? One of us had a brilliant idea to give out freeze pops. <laughs> Great idea. So we bought every freeze pop at Meyer, Kroger, and Walmart. Every one. They are still in Aunt Andy's freezer. Because they all melted on the way to the 4th of July parade. So then we had to go buy all the candy at Meyer, Target, and Walmart. It was so hot that we had members just like slowly, like our section of the parade just got longer and longer and longer. <laughs> 
And I thought, man, <laughs> people are only laughing at us. No one's coming. We're giving out like melted chocolate. Here you go, kid. Come to our church. Not happening. And Bryce and Rosie came later because of the 4th of July parade. They're not always moved when you want them to be moved. And here's the temptation. We live in a microwave culture. So we think if we go to church, God's going to bring the guy of our dreams to church. And he will, but not always at our speed. Stahl didn't just get saved. You know what? This guy, man, he's a, he's a hero of the faith. I'm going to believe like him. Saul didn't even get saved later. Saul got saved after murdering countless people. It took a long time for the Holy Spirit to live in him. But he was moved nonetheless. You're praying for people. You're wondering why they don't like you. You're wondering why God hasn't brought you the, that one. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I would not trade my daughter who we had on God's time for seven kids on my time. God moves at his speed. And sometimes it's not always how we think it should be or at the speed we think it should be because God moves through people and they don't always move when we want them to move. I'm going to give you one more illustration of this before we, we move on to the next point. Last summer on this day, we reopened. Pre-COVID, we were averaging 110 people. We reopened to 23 people. Those garage doors were open. It was like 127 million degrees in here. People brought their own chairs. Kids were running around. We didn't have the backdrops up. We didn't have any of that up. We just knew God wanted us to reopen. So we reopened, and I thought for sure, man, God's going to bring people. And he did. But it wasn't quite what I thought. I thought once people hear that we're open, the whole world is going to rush back to church because I was, quite honestly, dying for church. I couldn't do another online service. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I was craving community. And I thought, well, we'll be so full we can't keep people in here. It's a year later and we're full. It's not always when we think that they will be moved. Sometimes people move at God's space and at his pace, and it's not always what we think. But they are being moved. Saul, the murderer, becomes Paul, the apostle, who literally changes the known world from this moment. It's happening have faith. Be patient. Wait on God for His timing to move those people into your life. Thirdly, Jesus is moved. Jesus is moved. Did a little teaser of this last week. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus ascends into heaven. From then on in the New Testament, Jesus is always, always, always mentioned as being seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And there's a reason for that. Because when you're seated, your job is done. My dad would come home, we would be hauling wood or baling hay, and I knew I would watch my dad, and if he sat in his chair, 
I was like, oh, we're good for the rest of the day. Whew. We've been hauling wood. We've been baling hay. We've been taking care of animals. If he sat in his chair, the job was done. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus ascends into heaven, and the Bible all through the New Testament says he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God because his job is done. He has paid the punishment for your sins. You are forgiven. The price is paid. The debt you owe is, is paid for. His job is done. But in this passage, Stephen says, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of, the, the, of God. This is the only mention in the New Testament of Jesus being standing after he ascends into heaven. It's the only one. Why? Because Stephen fell to his knees, so Jesus stood to his feet. Talk about a father. What a loving father who sees his child suffer and stands. What a miraculous, wonderful father who stands to welcome his child home when Stephen falls to his knees. Yes, others will be moved. Yes, people will criticize. Yes, people will attack. Yes, hard days will come. Yes, problems will arise. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is greater and he is moved by your, by your, your uh, submission to him. He's moved. Your, your acts move him. Now, I know there's a debate about this, this passage. The debate is that, is, is Jesus moved because Stephen fell to his knees or is Stephen just finally aware that Jesus is moving? But either way, Jesus moved. Seeing him causes us to be aware of his moving in our life. I cannot tell you, worship team, you guys can come up. I cannot tell you how much more since this pandemic began that I notice God moving. God is moving right in our midst every day. And we see him. And then we begin to see him move. He's moving. He moves regularly. I think of, you know, just recently I had these strokes. That was a move of God that I would not have seen before the pandemic. Because I never would have known that my heart was bad. I had a hole in my heart and I needed the hole in my heart to be fixed. I would not have known that if not for God to move in a way I didn't want him to move. And all throughout this process, I've been pretty frustrated with how slowly the doctors are moving. But they're moving. And God is moving. And seeing him makes me aware of just how much he's doing in our lives. You're a miracle. You're here today because God moved to bring you here. God moved in a specific individual way to get you into this chair by design for a reason. He moved. There are no accidents with God. You are not an accident. You are on purpose. You were created fearfully and wonderfully and with a beautiful purpose. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to fulfill that purpose when we see God for who he really is. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet.
I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Where are you? I mean, really, truthfully, where are you with this? Are you, are you seeing God? When's the last time you've been aware of his presence? When's the last car drive down, the, down 36 where all of a sudden you saw the sunset and you thought, God, you're our creator. When's the last time some voice within you told you something and you thought the Holy Spirit is moving and you blessed someone? When's the last time you were aware that the blood of Christ paid the punishment for your sins? Are you seeing God? Are you moved when you see him? What is God asking you to do? Maybe some of you, God's right now like, hey, I want you to go to a foreign country and be a missionary. And some of you right now, God might be like, hey, I want you to just go to next steps. What is he asking you? And two, when others are moved or not moved at the speed you think they should be, are you giving that over to God? And then three, who is God to you? Jesus Stephen says, I see Jesus standing. He sees him for who he is. He is aware of who he is. He is not a good man. He is God. And there is a divine difference between just being good and being God. See, good can't pay the punishment for your sins. Good can't save you. Good can't rescue you. But God can so he sent his son Jesus to die in your place so that you and I can gain a home in heaven for eternity and we can see him for who he is. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you would like to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in this moment, if you want to be, I am fully aware that Jesus is God, would you raise your hand and say, I accept Jesus I accept Jesus. He is God. Maybe in this place you're like, you know what? I need to see him. I want to see God more. Would you raise your hand and say, ah, my hand's raised. I want to see God more. Good, good. Maybe you're, uh, you know what? Maybe you're kind of running impatient with the speed God's moving and who he's moving through. Would you say, I'm going to raise my hand and ask God to move through others and help me to see it. Good, good. Last one. Maybe you're already a child of God and you're just going to ask, right now you're going to say, hey, I just want to be more aware that he is moving. I want to see him move. Would you raise your hand? That's beautiful. You can lower your hands. I'm going to pray and we'll do one more song. Heavenly Father, you are gracious, kind, loving, just, and righteous. You are God. You created us. You love us. You move within and around us. God, send your Holy Spirit to move in our midst, to dwell in our midst, to move us and to move others and help us to see that you move. It's easy to, to lose track of the fact that you care, but when we see Stephen fall to his knees and Jesus stand to his feet, we recognize we serve a God who cares. You didn't just leave us and let the earth go to see what would happen, but you care passionately for us. Thank you. Let everything we do be done through your spirit and in Jesus' name.